All right. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, April 20th, 2020. What's going on? How are you? Um, if you're just listening to the audio, this probably just sounds like the normal podcast, but if you guys are on the YouTube channel, I finally filmed one. I have a uh, very special guest on the podcast here during these, these, these weird times, whatever the fuck they're saying. Uh, we have Al Jurgensen from Ministry who has a new uh, single coming out called Alert Level that, when's that come out, Al? I think Friday. Friday? So that's 24th? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, 24th, April 24th. Comes out April 24th. So, you look like you're in the fucking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You got all these guitars hanging behind you. <laughs> Did you just get nominated for something? No, this is not why I'm here. I'm here because I'm working. I'm in the studio. I'm doing a new album, man. And uh, this is like, uh, I can just grab one and play when I'm recording. So this is not like some showcase thing. This is a practical, functional thing. That's awesome. Because in my house, those would be all hanging on the wall and I wouldn't be able to play any of them. <laughs> the classic dad weekend guitar player. So I always wondered about that you know, you guys who are actually pro musicians and stuff like that. So you Wait, have all of that out in I front of you. That. I resent that. You I'm resent not that. a pro musician. You're not? No, I'm an artist. I put things oh. together. It's just <laughs> like, uh, you know, like I think like cooks get all the credit, all these celebrity chefs, but like the prep cooks are the ones that do the real deal. Those are the ones that make it so they can do their creation. And so... Look, man, I'm just, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm a celebrity chef, but I got my prep cooks, and they, they work their ass off. Oh, all right. Yeah, the prep cook is sort of the uh, verbally abused wife in the relationship. Uh, yes. Yeah, if, so if I remember from my, uh, my days in the restaurant, they would always be getting yelled at. They <laughs> it was never quick enough. I was one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, so you know what? You're always working. Last time I saw you, I saw you at the LA Forum on the last uh, Slayer show, their farewell show it was you, Primus, and um, and I can't believe I missed um, um, what's his face doing all the Pantera songs, Phil Anselmo. Uh, Anselmo, yeah, I yeah. missed it. They played such a quick set. I was back there saying hello, and then I came running out. I forget as I ran out, somebody else came running in, going, "Did you see that?" Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no I missed their, it. He's like, the whole tour was awesome, but it was like a, a quick fuck in the parking lot before the show. It was like, it was real quick. And yeah. then it's like, what happened? And then you go into the show and you don't know what the fuck happened. But either way, Phil just like set the stage with this kinetic energy of just like, uh, it was like a quick fuck in the parking lot. It was really cool. I mean, it was. Yeah, just and I think that that was probably smart because I would imagine. He's probably setting up for a, a, a bigger tour or something like that. Maybe him and Rex get back together. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Those guys are golden. Yeah, I, I, I kind of do too. So let's talk about as I move. I always my back's fucked up, so I gotta sit, I gotta sit like this here. So what what um did this first single like? How does it? How is it done now when you go to? Because you're still an album guy, but is it now you gotta like sort of just. See, if you come up with 10 new songs, is it better to release one at a time now, or do you put it all out at once or just give the teaser? 
No, I, I pay no attention to formats. But uh, the thing is, is that... Jesus, uh, Al, you look so mainstream, that's really surprising. I look so <laughs> mainstream? I'm kidding. Oh, shit, hold on. Let me get my vape stick. Okay. That can be cool. <laughs> hold on. All right. Uh, there we go. I'm missing the malls of America, so I need to see you hit okay. your vape stick. So no, no, I don't care about format. But but the thing is, we we set out to do an album, and we were trying to get it done by the time we went on this, uh, I don't know, whatever ninetieth anniversary tour of uh, something we did in a uh, galaxy far away a long time ago in July, and and we were all set for that, and we rehearsed for that. But in the meanwhile, we started the new record, and and we did a couple songs, and this was one of them. And uh, and we actually played it rehearsal. We were gonna like actually sneak it into like the the nostalgia tour of July and sneak this one in, but it came out really damn good. Yeah, so, I kind of uh, loved it. We just, we just kept recording, which is what we're doing now. I mean, quarantine to me. I mean, the only bad thing about quarantine to me is just the lack of hockey. But other than that, uh, I mean, it's just it's just what we do. We just I was I was going to ask you how you were surviving because uh, you, you're like one of the biggest hockey, specifically Blackhawks fans. Um, in fact, most of the times when I talk to you, you talk hockey. So uh, how are you handling this uh, this void? Well, it's it's actually been okay so far, but I'm running out of choices. Like I watched the '72 World Cup. I've watched I've watched all the old stuff on all that, and it's it's getting sparse now. They're doing like playoff games between Calgary and Edmonton in '96, and I'm just like, ah, ah, I can't deal with this, man. You know, I saw a great documentary. Uh, I can't remember the name. Of it. it was on Bob Probert. Oh, number 24 for the Hawks and Red yeah. Wings, penalty minutes leader, just like a great fighter and cocaine addict that occasionally... And goal scorer. And, and goal scorer. He and scored 29 goals and could beat the shit out of the whole league. Like, the, yes, it was he did. I mean, can you imagine having that as your title? Is like, not only did I score 29 goals, but I beat the shit out of the whole league. That is almost MVP worthy. It's an amazing – one of the coolest things is, is when he makes the all-star team. And, you know, dude, this was like the second golden age of the NHL. So in the locker room is like Messier, Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, and all of that stuff. And uh, Iserman tells – well, I guess Mario was with the, uh, the Wales Conference. But all the guys in the Campbell Conference, all those huge, huge guys, Iserman, they had like, audio of him doing the eulogy at Probert's funeral and said the funny thing is that they all wanted to meet Probert. So they all was like, hey, can you introduce me to the big fella? Because they, they, not only they respected him, but I, I, in my head, I'd be like, maybe I can get the guy to like me a little bit. So if he does decide to punch me in the face, it's just sort of a jab and not one of those haymakers. But it was just like, um, you should see it, man, because it kind of combines a lot of shit that Kobe, Kobe was into. It's like hockey, total rebel, motorcycle guy, WWE. like WWE. WWE yeah. because he really enjoyed. I got to meet him one time. Uh, oh, you did? At, yeah, yeah. At 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 a Hawks game um, when he was like an alumni that came like 
what we call the backstage area, which is like this little bar at Hawks games that, you know, like for ex players and stuff that I'm allowed to go in. And uh, cool. basically he told me like, it really was the WWE before the WWE were like, he knew he had to put on a show almost like getting a goal was like a cherry on the Sunday that night. The main thing was to get under the heads and skin of the other team and beat the crap out of somebody. And it's old school stuff. I mean, obviously, you know, a slap shot fan, I'm sure you are. Uh, yeah. It, it kind of brings you back to those days. But yeah, Proby was one of a kind, man. He was serious. That was the golden age. I thought that was the golden age in hockey as far as like, there was never an era where the balance was perfect of some of the greatest goal scorers of all time and some of the greatest enforcers of all time. Like, he's definitely, he's the Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux of enforcers. Like, he's, he's the benchmark of them, I think. Um, as far as what I've watched on, you know, there's a bunch of documentaries about it, but that's one of the, the best ones because it also gets into him as like a dad, you know, once he got cleaned up and everything, like it even seemed when he was like using his stuff, he was just a really like a big teddy bear until he went out and like laced him up and stuff. He just seemed like a great guy. Yeah, he, he wasn't the kind of guy that would like, if you met him at a bar like I did, like he wouldn't like want to start a fight and be uh, ridiculous, but um, he understood his role. Right. And, but, but really you can't go to like, he was the um, like a uh, primate for that, the, the template, he, Gordy Howe was oh, okay. the template for an enforcer and a goal scorer. So that, that guy, you can't, you can't put Probert in that, but like, still, he was pretty All good. Right, I got to ask the question then. Gordy Howe up against Probert. I can't see Gordy losing though, because it's like trying to beat up your dad or something. Well, Probert would beat the crap out of him. Yeah. <laughs> but, but only after Howe scored three or four goals on his line defending him. So it would be like a, okay, I won the fight, but we lost the game kind of thing. Uh, Gordy Howe never looked old to me. He just started looking more and more like Lee Marvin. Gordy Howe was like William Burroughs to me. Uh, it's like I met him, too, at, at, at a signing. I actually went to, like, a hockey signing where you line up like cattle and you have to pay five bucks to, like, get an autograph. But, like, I love I what a that, hockey geek you are. This is so cool. I, no, I'm such a hockey geek, man. But uh, because I used to play goalie. So I used to have projectiles flinged at me at like, well, back in the high school days, about 80 miles an hour. And still it's just like, ah, stop. What are you doing, man? It's right. like, this is no way to make a living. And so I went into music, but uh, originally hockey goalie was my thing. But like, I, I understand like the intensity of the fucking game. And, and Gordy Howe was like, uh, you know, everyone talks about all the flashy players now, but he was just like this, this guy that was, he looked, 60 when he was 20 and he looked 60 when he was 60 it was kind of a weird <laughs> thing and yeah. William Burroughs was the same way where he looked 80 when he was 20 and he still looked 80 when he was 80 so I gotta tip the cap to people like that well we were talking one time me and a comic were joking about that how old people looked back in the day like I watch a lot of me tv and stuff and like, I was just, I was looking at, you know, I watched The Hustler 
okay? And I was looking at George, George C. Scott. He looked like he was in his 50s in that movie. And that, that guy, he was like 33. And then I look at a picture of myself when I was 33. I look like I, you know, just got out of high school with skimming rocks. I look like this dope. Like George C. Scott looked like he had been around the world like five times, had seen it all, and already had like sage advice. It's unbelievable how fucking old. Is it just, I don't know, is it moisturizing and, and just staying inside playing video games? I don't know what it is, but like people looked fucking old as shit back then. You're onto the moisturizing thing. I'm really onto the jeans thing. I'm into CRISPR. I think CRISPR is going to solve this corona thing, and I think it's going to solve the people that look old fast and the people that look old uh, when they're too young. Either way, I think it's genetic, but, like, yeah, George C. Scott looked the same in Dr. Strangelove as he did in Patton, and they had to do makeup to look older in Patton, and he still looks the same. I mean, there's a... 20-year difference where he didn't age, and I go back to William Burroughs with that, and I think heroin kept him pickled to the point where he missed 40 years of his, like, genetic life aging, so where he was still 60 at 60 when he was 60 at 20, I don't know. It's a kind of weird thing that maybe science needs to, like, check into. No, I have noticed that people who really abused heroin early in their life are like shredded into their 70s. They have like abs. Pickled. They're all, they're all cut. We're pickled. Is that what it is? We're pickled. If, if you put a cucumber in vinegar, it'll stay good for a long time. You put a 20-year-old on heroin and vinegar will stay good for a long time. Wait a minute. What are we promoting here? I think I think we're going the wrong way. I was, supposed to be, I was supposed to be promoting your new single, and now we're promoting like, listen, you can do your Botox, you can do your lotion, but I'm telling you where it's at. That, well, you look yeah, in the that, mirror, you're brushing your teeth, and you like what you look like. Start doing heroin because you're going to look that way till you're 70. At, at the end of the day, that's probably more important than my new single. Yeah. We'll be keeping people alive which is more than this administration's doing, so I'm doing my part. I actually have empathy for anybody in political office right now. Because, dude, I mean, I would even think you, you being a band leader, trying to just get four other guys to all pull in the same direction. Like, as much as Trump is talking about, like, alluding to the fact that he bangs models while there's a pandemic going on, which is just like a WWE character, as much as he's doing that, like, I'm finally seeing, like, there's people getting construction done on my street. I'm finally seeing the construction workers wearing masks. This is the hilarious thing. The, the guy's got the mask down around his neck. The other guy has it up on his head. Yeah. And they're still within six feet shooting the shit. And I just think there's, there's too many people that choose their own comfort in the moment versus the good of everybody in the long run. And, like, I don't think... Uh, Democrat or Republican. I don't think anybody could could get anybody. There's just there's too many. What are these fucking conspiracy theorists? Which I am one. They're yeah. out there, they're out there protesting, having to fucking stay home. And it's like the government wants you on the wheel. They want you running. If you're not making any fucking money, you don't have any money, they can't exploit you anymore. They don't want you at home. Hey man, here. 
check out this David Icke video I just saw like two days ago in my quarantine playlist. This is a really good one. Now, David Icke, I don't know if you know him. Do, do you know this guy, this English guy? I'm a very uh, limited. Be, I'm very limited. He's be like a big football star in England, you know, like on Division One team, Premier League, this and that. Um, and then he went off his rocker, as they say, like 20 years ago. And, and he brought up some – Liz, do you remember the name of that? Uh, well, it was on – I'll send it to Bill. Yeah, we're going to send it to you. But either way, it, it, it's just like, yeah, okay, this is a way for government to control. There, It's like a trial run to see, like, how we control people in the event of crisis and see how we can do it. So, yeah, I'm, in, I'm into conspiracy theories. But here's the Don't deal. Don't they need to do that? I mean, you do need to control. If, like, there has to be some sort of of control or else you just have 7 billion people running around doing whatever the fuck they want to do. But, 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 but Russia and, and, and Trump has basically made it so government, uh, what they say means nothing, what they do means everything. And what we say and what our media pounces on is what they say. And what they say is bullshit. All of this. Trump's right. It's all fake news. It's fake news from the media. It's fake news from him. It's fake news from everyone. You really have to start like putting together the pieces yourself, yet we have no education. So how are you supposed to like figure out the filters on, on processing all this information if you I don't have the answer? It's the perfect the form answer. for a meltdown, man. I have the answer. Uh oh. You stop watching it and you just put on me TV. And you just act like it isn't happening. I, I'd never even heard of MeTV until last week. And now that's all I've been watching. Maybe I'm desperate, but like, that's it. MeTV is the thing, man. I'm just, I'm going back to like when time seemed like normal, even though they weren't. Yeah. Oh my God, they weren't. But like, they seemed normal, right? Yeah, like I'm, I'm sitting there looking at L.A., watching Adam 12. They had an episode where for whatever reason. Adam 12 is what I've been watching. Did you see the one where they were at? Boy, this is awesome. Did you, <laughs> did you see the one where they were at LAX? <laughs> Fucking hilarious. They're at LAX in the early 70s when it still was only one level. And for whatever reason, they, they see video of this guy breaking into a car in one of the lots. So then they get on like these police mopeds. I was like, why are those motorcycles so small? They were like the, the, the original mopeds. And they ride over to go get those guys. And I'm just sitting there looking at like how quaint LAX used to look. But then in my head, I'm going like, wait a minute. Right. Like this is like four years after Martin Luther King was assassinated. Vietnam is going on and all that. But you're watching on TV. It's like, this was a simpler time in LA. Man, you know, get, get, riots. get into some of the old dragnets when they arrest psychedelic users. There's about three or four of those. Those are mind-blowing oh that's awesome yeah yeah please go go from adam 12 to dragnet and this is like this is like a continuance this is like a rebirth of la to me between once upon a time in hollywood and then like being quarantined and having to watch old la shows i i really feel more angelino than i've ever felt in my life well watch uh you watch peter gunn i watched almost every episode peter of that gunn? peter I'm gunn on. Dude, I have never seen a guy 
like he gets knocked out every fucking episode. Like the, the, the CTE this guy must have had. And I'm talking like pistol to the back of the head every other fucking episode. Um, it's, I don't know, I, I got in, totally got into that show. I got into 77 Sunset Strip for a while. And now I'm starting to move up to like maybe Maddox or something like that because they have all of that shit on there. But lately I've been watching, um, yeah, Adam 12. And what kills me is as long as I've been out here, I can never recognize where they are in L.A. Because it's just, it's just changed so much. They've, I mean, I guess it was, you know, close to 50 years ago. But the level of shit that they've just, you know, well, listen, down when, out when, there. When we get to, like, having to resort to watch all Mannix reruns, then it, I think it's time to, like, lift the curfew. Let I think eventually what they're going to do is they'll get, like, a screening thing that's going to work. And then they're going to let people, you're going to have to have the right mask and gloves and you'll just be able to fucking go to, everybody just is going to, you know, walk around looking like uh, they're ready to do surgery for a while. Yeah. And, I mean, they do that in Asia all the time, don't they? I remember the Asian this people, Beijing by the way, in the 1980s, it's no different. It's okay. It's okay, way, to wear it's okay to wear gloves. Yeah. Shout out to Asian people. Like, they have been on point with this with glove and mask shit. And, and like the fucking, anytime I see somebody, you know, wear, not wearing a mask, it's never that. Asian people are, are just, if we would all do what the fuck they're doing, this shit would be over. Or at least- It's the same thing they did during World War II. They have to be extra exemplary citizens because of public perception. I feel bad for like the rap that they're getting because a few people sold pangolins and bats in a fucking market in Beijing and they should just stop that. We don't have that here. We don't have that anywhere else. Just stop all the crazy like uh, exotic game trading. And, and I think that will help. It's not going to solve it. But I, I think that, that viruses come and go and now we need to deal with this. But I think people need to be smart. I don't, I don't think protesting with confederate flags and going you know don't tread on me freedom or die kind of shit it's just like that's the way to solve this i, I know but that's that's why i have empathy for any administration right now because that all it takes is one of those fucking idiots to keep the thing going and to try to corral all of it it's like you know it's it's like when you unbox something and they got those stupid peanuts in there it's just over you, you it's gonna be they're gonna get everywhere and as much as you try to vacuum them all up, you're gonna in six months from now you're gonna find one underneath your couch. I just put them on my butt at this point. I don't even care. I don't even want to vacuum them. I just want to see if they spring something in my anal tract. Just start sticking them up there and see what happens. I mean, this anal peanut thing is just has to go. What is that? It has to go. No, stop sending me peanuts. Oh, I thought because you were saying it was some sort of. I tried to eat them. I put them up my butt. I put them in my hair and made a Christmas tree. There's just too many peanuts. You know I have peanuts on every Amazon thing that comes to my house. I have peanuts coming literally out of my orifices. Well, you, just bring them down, you bring them down to the fucking the local place and they'll take them. That packs up shit. Packs well, up. I'm supposed to drive to go drive my peanuts down to a local peanut thing. Yeah. Okay. Dolphins, man. Okay. I'll go online as soon as we're off the air, but I want to know where these peanut factories are because they send way too many peanuts out. You just found my like one big, I, I wasn't expecting to talk about this today, but I'm going to talk about it now. I'm pissed. These peanut things, 
have to go. What are they? And they're a menace to your house, to your home. To I'm sure they're going to find a lot of other things wrong with them. Enough with the peanuts. They, they have to stop. Stop ordering shit, man. You're ordering too much shit. If you go to a fucking store, you don't get it. First of all, can we go back to the fact that when you said anal peanut, I actually thought that was a thing? Because there, there was kids putting drugs in a liquid form on like a fucking Q-tip or something or a tampon and sticking it in their ass at raves. So I figured, all right, maybe the peanut people caught on to that. <laughs> Sorry, that's just what I thought. I don't know. Yeah, it, it might be a conspiracy, but I think there are about two conspiracies too late, man. There, there's all sorts of fucking things that they're sending us that are like completely unhealthy and unwise and, and, and they still do it and we accept it. Um, okay, but I'm putting my foot down on peanuts right now because I think we've had enough other things sent to us that... I don't think you have a choice. Your only choice is to stop ordering stuff and they know you need the stuff, Al. You need it. You need okay. it, man. Why do you have all these fucking peanuts, man? Why, why, why do you keep ordering shit? Okay, then I think that we should all invest in 3D printers and get 3D printers sent to us, and then we can print our own shit, then we don't have to have it shipped. Just a thought. Well, wait a minute. If it's on a piece of paper, you don't need peanuts, right? I thought you were ordering something that they didn't want it to break. No, they put peanuts in everything, man. Everything. <laughs> everything. It's just like... What is wrong with you? I have never, this is like the greatest fucking rant ever. I've never seen, like, of all the things to get upset with. No, I'm pissed. Yeah, okay, I was trying to tone it down. I'm trying to bring you back down here. Al, which is your favorite guitar on the wall? I'm gonna get you off the peanut subject here. Which, which, which one has the most hits in it? Your number one starter to start a series, set the fucking tone. Which acts are you pulling off the wall? I hate playing fucking guitar. Oh, man. I don't have a favorite. I mean, there's What's a the bunch of things that do different things, but uh, I actually have a favorite bass guitar. I'm more of a bass player. So okay. what do you like? Yeah, I mean, if, if you could think of like Tom and Slayer, I'm more like the the kind of singer bass player dude, but like occasionally they make me play guitar and keyboards and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, I don't have, you know what my favorite is, is what? like uh, having my music be known enough that like Bill Burr calls me on a Sunday. That's my <laughs> favorite part. <laughs> now I'm famous. No, 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 dude. If I'm calling you, I don't know if you might've, uh, just got fired from your label or something. Um, no, 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 they're actually, they're really happy with me right now because this new single, I just did this song that like, we're supposed to be doing an album and I was supposed to be getting it done by a like big July tour in the States. And, uh, and that's not gonna happen, but we, we got a couple songs done and I send it to them and just go like, look, you're not just sending me money and I'm just doing Coke. Uh, I'm actually doing stuff. And so I sent them the songs and they went like, whoa, this song's awesome. And so this song gets released and I've, I've got other songs. I mean, I'm going to now, I, I don't know if our July tour is going to be done. I don't see how that's going to happen unless if 
some some weird stuff happens. Like for instance, like I thought the July tour would happen because Trump is such a man baby that he wants a Fourth of July parade in his honor, signifying triumph over COVID nineteen. Fourth of July parade. Our tour started like July second or something, and so I figured he'd open it up to everyone so people could mass adore him on how he conquered the virus. I mean, I don't know what this guy's mind is at this point because I don't really like four year olds that much. But like, that's the kind of thing that I thought. But then I see where it's just like, well, okay, we're going to open, but nobody over a thousand people can be like brought out. And Taylor Swift just canceled. I'm no Taylor Swift, um, you know, but I'm just saying, it's just like uh, nobody over a thousand and our tours were over a thousand. So I'm thinking like, whoa, that's weird. So I, I, I don't know what's going on, but either way, I'm just going to stay in the studio and I'm just going to keep recording stuff and I'm just going to keep doing good stuff and observing like social interactions and writing music about it and just taking a Polaroid snapshot of what's going on and, and hope for the best because that's all we can all do. Well, there you go. Well, you're staying, you're staying productive. I know I get a kick out of Donald Trump. That's the only way I can look at it. I just like, this is like if Ron Burgundy was suddenly like president. Except he was like, I mean, he literally oh has that, that, that thing like, I don't believe you. I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Good show. Good show, everybody. Good stuff all the way around. Like, I just, I can't like, I can't watch CNN. I can't watch Fox News. I just can't, I can't fucking, you know, the other, yesterday, I went for, every three days, we go for a drive. I stay at the house every three days, we get in the car, we go for a drive. So go what, for a what do you drive? What do you drive? What do I drive? I drive my wife. No, 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 what, no. Where do you drive? Because me and Liz, like we do like a Topanga Canyon and all the offshoots drive at least once, twice a week. Oh, we're, uh, we're big uh, valley people in Mulholland Drive. Uh, that, yeah, we do Mulholland. Oh, all right. I'm surprised. We do a quarantine you. drive together. Yeah, I go up there, you know, drive yeah, around. That's what we do. Yeah, so I've been doing that and... Uh, so we get on, we put the radio on, and, you know, at this point, who doesn't know what's going on? And between every fucking song they got to bring up, you know, during these strange times, you know, we're going to be playing music during, you know, uh, these uncertain times. They just keep, I got like anxiety. I finally just shut it off. I was like, yeah, can they just fucking play music? I get it. It's uncertain. I get it. People are losing money. I get it. Old people are dying. I just wanted like, Five fucking minutes. I can't do anything about this shit. I'm trying to listen to some easy listening music, and you're fucking telling me that the whole world economy is crashing between each one, acting like you're my friend. Bill. You know, it's like, it's like if I, I visited friends in the hospital who are dying of cancer, I don't bring up their fucking cancer every 10 seconds. Jesus hey, you know, I just wanted to come by and say hello during your dying of pancreatic cancer. What are the nice flowers that you got because of your pancreas? It would be nice to say goodbye to Patrick Swayze, but yeah. we wouldn't. So what I don't understand is I've been doing this for like 30 years. I'm the chicken little of rock, man. The sky was, is always falling with me, and yet we're still friends. Yeah, you just yeah. said, like, I'm tired of this shit. But you know, well, I used to be you. I used to be you, and I wore my friends out. They were like, dude, I can't listen to this Federal Reserve shit anymore. And I realized what I was doing was I was just saying a bunch of terrifying shit with no solution. And all they wanted to do 
was sit down and have a couple of beers. And I had to stand back and be like, I am a fucking asshole. So I can't look at it like Trump, like this guy's a complete fucking asshole. And then look at the previous administration with Obama. And like, if you really listen to the people on the other side of those drone bombs, I mean, he he wasn't exactly a fucking saint either. And then they're out doing the fucking speech tour and making all their money too. So it's kind of like, they're all doing the same thing. They are all assholes. Yeah. I mean, you can go way back from starting. All right, let's go with, just start with Truman. But uh, don't even get me started on like the Grover Cleveland, McKinley, this, this age. I'm a history major. This, this particular one is pretty bad. But Trump is, the thing I admire about Trump is his overtness and his corruption. Um, uh, it, it's, it's overt. It, there, there's no hiding it. It's just like, um, he reminds me, did you ever see Outlaw Josie Wales? Of course, yeah. Okay, that snake oil salesman that eventually turns Josie Wales in like, hey, $2 for this snake oil. Like Trump's got stocks invested into this chloroquine uh, cure, which has been proved to cause heart attacks. It's only for malaria and extreme. And he, doesn't have, he doesn't have good business instincts no it's no really, He's, really how, can you ruin, how can you ruin a casino a casino is a money maker and he's gone bankrupt on casinos and he's our president and now he's trying to do this drug that's going to cure shit and have jared in charge of everything which is a slum lord in baltimore and new york which is like under investigation i mean the people he puts in charge of stuff and now all of his like knuckleheads are like fire fauci fire fauci in michigan and and louisiana and all these places with this and it's it's a it's an artificial turf uh tea party kind of coke brother you know my, bro my brother said the best thing about politics as far as democrats and republicans he goes that's like rooting for the afc or the nfc and in the end of the day they're all in the nfl and i'm just like yeah that, that's exactly how I look at it, you know, Trump said, you know, he's, he's a specific sort of, he's a, he's a real original. I got to tell you, that guy has changed the fucking game. You saw like, I mean, I didn't watch a lot of it, but some of those democratic debates, they were all doing what the fuck he did four years ago when it was crazy, where they were just completely ignoring right. the rules. You know, what's dangerous about him is that by, by his success, it allows people like, Oprah to be our next president or like Dr. Oz or Phil or anyone that like has enough airtime that seems to know what they're talking about and they don't know shit about shit. Too, because there's the Jesse Ventura, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, another one, uh, um, Al Franken. There's been a lot of celebrities that have become mayors of small towns and they just kept going higher. Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan. There you, know, you go. Did a movie with a monkey. Next thing you know, he's governor of California and then he's president for eight years. So how'd all those work out? Huh? Listen, <laughs> this is how I look at it. This is how I look at it. The only like human being that's been president in my lifetime that I remember is, is Jimmy Carter. And the proof is in the pudding with what this guy, this guy's in his 90s. He's still building houses for the homeless. Everybody else, Democrat and Republican, went on the speech tour. 
I mean, even Obama's wife is out there with the glitter hooker boots, is out there doing an arena tour yeah. to sell her fucking book. Yeah. So they can buy well, we tried to open for her. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's, um, it's pretty overt as far as like where, I don't know. And then, but then I also try just to keep my sanity. I try to have empathy for whoever's president because, especially since Bill Clinton, from Bill Clinton on, every president, including Bill Clinton, has just been trying not to get impeached and thrown out of the office. It's like they can't even fucking do the job. They go at uh, uh, George Bush stole the election, stole the election. All right, well, it's fucking over. It's hey, fucking man. over. He's president you're, now. You're, you're forgetting. You're blocking out like eight years of Obama, no drama. Did we have this kind of like headline news cycle, 24 hours a day of new? What are you talking about, Al? We, we fucking... didn't have that. Oh. Our, our big thing was that he wore white after Memorial Day or brown on that's something. Because, I mean, come because, on, man. I oh, mean, the guy, the guy was just as sold out to, as everyone else, but at least he didn't cause drama. I'm kind of kind of tired of just like the, the, the perpetual news cycle of drama, of drama, of drama. When I go to bed at night, I'm thinking about it. When I wake up, I stop at watching it out. About it. Enough. I didn't have to do that with Obama. That's this all I'm is, saying. We need a break. We need a four-year break. We need a four-year break, man. And if it takes like that senile, fucking useless Joe Biden to fucking give now, us four years of sleep, I'm happy for it. Can I tell you something? You can have a four-year break the second you stop watching this shit, okay? And what I think what happened with during Obama was there was this level-off period of people being numb to the fact that we're in these never-ending wars that are bankrupting the country. I also think probably a lot of your friends leaned left, so the white noise was, because ever since, you know, when Obama was in office out here in Hollywood, he could do no fucking wrong. He walked on water and blah, 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 blah. Now I do an acting gig, you know, it's not as bad now, but when Trump first came in, it was like a fucking funeral out here. But I bet if, if Hollywood was in Nebraska, Everybody would have been doing a jig and going to work would have been fun during those times. So I just think, you know, if you live in L.A., you live in an AFC city. If the Democrats are the AFC. Except that Nebraska is not really happy about their governor, the Republican governor, and their president right now and Republican policies right now. Just because it's affecting everyday people. And all of a sudden they see that like this ideological like demagogue that you just want to like make it easy. Root for somebody that's bigger than life and they'll take care of it like a superhero, like a Marvel comic. It's not reality. Now they're starting to deal with the realities of it. And I just think that like um, even even his own cult of personality is not going to be able to withstand like truthful um uh, logistical things that are happening right now you can't bullshit your way out of x amount of people dead x amount of people needing bell ventilators when they're not there you can't bullshit your way out of that you absolutely can that's what they have fox news for and they'll blame something that someone with the blue tie did the same way as if there was a blue tie guy in, they would have blamed the red tie guy before. I, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. I think but it's like there, is no, there is no getting around this. This is fact. 
This is fact. You can you can spin it up. It's Obama's fault that it's Hillary Clinton's fault that the this virus is here. No, 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 no. You have to deal in fact now, because it's affecting our everyday life. We can't go out. We can't go to the beach. I may have to meet you on Mulholland Drive for like uh, some kind of mask gloved thing to like say hello to you on driving down the street. I mean, really? That's, Al, that's, you got to deal with that. Think, don't you think the combination of aviation and us hacking down the fucking rainforest? I mean, this was inevitable. Of course. It's inevitable. So it's, 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 it's not a red tie guy or a blue tie guy. And getting back no, to what that, but, but why are those policies there that are hacking down the Amazon? Bolsonaro in Brazil and all the other right wing leaders. The president makes less money a year than a YouTube that that's what they're doing. They're trying to make it like so business can get one last profit windfall and fuck everyone else because then they have their mansions and they can go retire in a bubble proof underground cave and leave everyone for themselves. And that's what's going on. I thought you liked conspiracy theories. This is a left wing conspiracy theory. This is like the right wing. You know what I like, Al? All the money they can and go underground and leave us all to fucking be upstairs. Al, what I like at this point in my life is just shutting off all of that fucking noise because there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I can do about Like, the level of bloodshed. Like, there would have to be a legit revolution to get all of the stuff that needs to, the very few people that are, are 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 making these decisions to keep these old ways of making money or whatever going, um, the level of power and weaponry at their disposal, you know, it's not like the old days, like you know, when we got sick of England, where everybody grabs a musket out of their fucking house and hides behind a tree and shoots a guy in a red coat. Like I don't know how to. I I went down the thing like. I think conspiracy theory gets a bad rap as far as everybody goes to like, oh, you think there's shapeshifters and the moon's made out of cheese? Like, like that's what's used to define um, conspiracy theories. Like, you're always defined by your worst. Like, comedians, you know, have lampshades on their heads. We're on off stage, You know, the sad clown, blah, 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 blah. But I, I just think, like, I, I don't, like... I went down that whole road. I saw how fucked up things were. And I just don't, I'm like, okay, so you have all that information. You know all that. You believe all that. How do you mobilize a bunch of people? As, the same way the government's trying to mobilize people during this fucking pandemic to just wear masks and gloves, and they can't even get them to do that. How the fuck are you going to mobilize people to all be like, you know what? Al figured it out. Now let's fucking go do this. It'll drive you mad. No, no, no. I don't, I don't want people to go, Al figured it out. I want people to go, I figured it out. And here it is. It's called education and, and like getting through fake news and through this bombardment that we have of left white ring news that are like inundating our minds and souls. Let me and, ask you this, Al. I mean, seriously, it's just like, just use common fucking sense. Right now, with this virus spreading at, one person to like 10 people potentially every time you're in contact with somebody and you have like these right-wing protests, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, uh, Whitmer, Whitmer, which that was a Freudian slip. Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan said it best and just like, okay, 
that's great. We all want it to be open, but you just made it harder to be open by getting all together. One or two, three, four, ten, twenty, fifty of you were infected in there, maybe not even knowing it, and now you've just spread it wider. So what am I supposed to do? It's you called round education. all of those protesters up. You stick them in a fucking gymnasium, and you leave them there for two weeks. And right. if somebody gets it and they spreads it, you don't fucking treat them. Right. Okay. Attica. Attica. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Just don't treat them. You want to yeah, be, be a selfish mouth breather. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's uh, listen. I don't know what the fuck. I respect your opinions. I don't know shit. I don't even watch anything. I don't know shit man. So my big thing is uh, I'm trying to clean up my fucking little man cave here. It's a fucking mess. I shrink wrapped a bunch of shit to shove under a bed. And if I could just get some of my photos up on the wall, you know, I'd say this pandemic was a success. Um, this pandemic is not a success because um, my next question to you is how are you doing without hockey? Dude, I gotta, I'm, I'm in this scary fucking place where I don't miss anything anymore. This, this whole thing has become my new reality. I wake up in the morning, I make my wife and kid breakfast. I play with my daughter. And then, you know, when she goes down for a nap, I go out into the garage. I work on being able to play good times, bad times, because I feel like that's gonna make me a happy person. And then I work on a script. And then my daughter wakes up and I, I get up with her. And then that's the, when she gets up at four, that's the end of my day. We play for an hour and a half. Then it's dinner time. And then there's the after dinner crazy energy. And then there's the bath. And then there's the, you know, getting her ready for bed, pajamas, brushing the teeth and all of that. And then I got to read her two or three books. And by then it's like 8, 30, 9 o'clock. And I am fucking wiped out. And that's just become my life. I don't miss anything that I ever used to do. It, it's it felt like oh, it, it, it literally heavy. it literally feels like it never happened that's heavy man do you I, I, that I what you just said that's huh? heavy as shit yeah i you don't, don't miss, miss anything of of the past i don't like i and i am i have what i've always wanted which is to be able to stay home and i have this crazy awesome time with my daughter every day Dude, I got her now. She bats lefty. I can underhand the ball, and like like two out of ten, she can hit. And like that, that to me is like killing on stage. It's the greatest thing. And um, I'm watching all of these Disney shows with her. I'm teaching her how to draw. The other day, I I she counted backwards from ten. You know, she's three. That's like a big deal. And uh, you know, she's three now. So that initial brain, I guess of her personality is developed and she's so like emotionally open that the other day I, you know, I was on the computer and she came in and she said, dad, 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 can we watch popcorn and movie tonight? And I, I just kind of nodded, not listening. So she went out to the kitchen and said, mama, dad, I said, I can watch, you know, you know, popcorn and a movie. And my wife came out. I was like, why'd you say that? You can't, you can't do that. Cause I forget why she couldn't. So then she found out she couldn't, she cried. She came and she was like, dad, dad, I asked you and you, you went like this. And I was like, I know, buddy, I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. Totally validated what she was thinking. She gave me a big hug, a kiss, and then walked out in the kitchen and said, Dada, I want to do that again. She wanted to reenact the apology. It was so like, wow, that's heavy, man. I'll tell you what's great about that is that's what the fuck I, 
didn't was not available when I was growing up, which is the source of so much right. of my flipping out over nothing because I just feel like I'm not going to be heard. So like I got more satisfaction out of that than doing my last special at Royal Albert Hall, which was my best work, I feel. Um, like that's literally like, that's- I believe, that, you. I, I believe you, man. I mean- but what that, that right there, that is, that is what you want to leave behind. It's not your body of work. Oh, look at me telling the jokes. It's the people that you created with the help of God, don't want to piss anybody off, right? That you fucking, that they're these good open people that have empathy, that want to help and want to listen. Like, like that's your job as a parent. And then you have to have that weird duality of also don't take any shit and end up in the trunk of somebody's car. So you got to, like, that's where the jujitsu is going to come in when she gets a little bit older. Listen, listen the, 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 the way I look at it, I mean, that, that's a beautiful story. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you one on, on top of that. Not, not as good as that, but like my 32-year-old daughter in Seattle, uh, we talk more now than we have in the last 20 years. That's awesome. And, and she's in an, an essential uh, job. She runs a pharmacy. Uh, okay. a, a holistic pharmacy in Seattle, uh, one of ground zeros, and she's in there every day. And we talk more now than than I ever have uh, with her. This is this is really kind of cool in a lot of ways, and I think it's kind of cool in a lot of ways in that the world really needed this time out. So the people that are screaming and waving Confederate flags and brandishing their guns and marching state capitals and going, we have to open right now. Maybe you ought, you ought to think about like, this might actually be a teaching moment and a good thing. And I hate to use the word teaching moment. It's so liberal and so wishy-washy, but it's just like, it really is like, take the time to realize like, there's some actual good that can come out of this, man. I mean, I've seen it myself yeah that definitely is i just there's just uh a few things like um you know if you're living week to week those are the people that i have empathy for as far as like let's get this fucking thing going again I yeah, wish this, this is not cool this yeah. is where governments come in and this is where uh wall street government does not uh, uh really work over main street government we need to keep the the economy going and the way to do that is to make sure that the workers are healthy uh, and right now they just want profit and they don't care about the workers being healthy and this is not cool so we need to find a, a middle ground on that but um uh, yeah listen, I mean, you know what's good about this podcast is we didn't agree with each other on all of it but at no point did we start screaming and yelling so i, I would i would hope that we could get back to that andrew just popped up so i think we're coming towards the end yeah. what do we got to do here Okay. Legal Zoom, everybody. Health and safety is on the top of everyone's minds right now. No matter what happens, you want to make sure your loved ones are protected. That's why Legal Zoom continues to provide a reliable way for everyone to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. It starts with finding the answers to your questions. Do you need a last will and testament or a living trust? Um, speak about importance of having your affairs in order. Yes, if you've created more people, if you have a wife or a husband, if you kick the bucket, the only thing they should have to worry about is the pain of losing you. Other than that, they should be rolling in dough like they just, uh, you know, hit both showcases on The Price is Right. Uh, what about an advanced health care directive? And what about, what's a power of attorney? 
Thankfully, you don't have to figure these things out on your own. LegalZoom's online resources make it easier to get started. And if you get to speak to an attorney, their independent attorney network is there to guide and advise you. LegalZoom isn't a law firm, so you won't have to worry about expensive billable hours adding up. Take an important step for you and your family today. Go to LegalZoom.com to get started on a last will, living trust, and more. Or find out how you can speak to an attorney for, an, for advice on the right estate plan. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. Good shine going today there, Bill. Oh, thank you. I try to always make sure, being a baldy, that I have nice overhead lighting so it looks like I just played full court basketball. Are we inside one of your motor homes, or is that your home? Nah, nah, we're in the studio. This is what I do like about this pandemic, is all you guys are going to be making more music. Look studio. at that. Look yeah, yeah, that. That, that's the point. Les, what are you doing, man? I'm are making horrible wretched sound. You're what? <laughs> Making wretched sounds. Wretched sounds for the masses. Yeah, like I'm almost almost done with the album, man. Just like uh, this 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 quarantine thing is great. Uh, outside of the obvious new drink of uh, vodka vermouth and an emergency fizzy pack, and then shaken not stirred. That's a quarantini. I've been doing. Yeah, we've been drinking quarantini. <laughs> and. Uh, and then, of course, like uh, you know, doing your your shrooms, your daily shrooms in a in a little uh, gel cap. You buy an ounce and you make it into like about fifty pills, and you do those. And then, and then, since it's essential, the weed stores are open. California quarantine is way better than I think maybe Alabama quarantine or some, but they didn't quarantine so. You know, you can still go to your gun shop or whatever, I guess. Yeah, but they don't let me fish. They don't let you fish? I can't ocean fish. I'm not supposed to go to my boat or get out on the ocean. Why? That's the rule. Why? I don't know. They said no, no bueno. They said sorry, sorry, Charlie. Stay, stay away from your what, boat. What if you go out in your boat alone? What do you mean? I did. I went out the other day and everybody. And they say that's not good. I said, no, that's not, I'm not supposed to do that. Well, what are you going to give it to, the fish? Yes. <laughs> well, you know, those dolphins have raped a few people, haven't they? So maybe if they get a hold of Les, they rub up against them, you know, and Les is too ashamed to share his story. I think oh, that... Oh, I wouldn't be ashamed to share that story. I'd share that story right with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see Les going down to Florida and squirting like a dolphin orgy. But uh, not not in where where do you live again? Oregon or Northern Cal? You live in Northern Cal. Northern California, Bodega right. Bay. So, no, the dolphins are cool. He's not going to molest dolphins, Bill. He's okay. If well, you he will not be worried. No, Les was the victim in that story. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Depends on how you look at it. Do tell. Um, all right. Well, we actually we're we're down to the end of this here. Uh, Les, do you have anything to promote? All right. See you later. <laughs> We've been yapping for here, fifty minutes trying to solve the world's problems. It took me a while to get on the damn thing. I tried getting on, and they they booted me off because they didn't recognize my my pseudonym, my nom de plume. So, well, all right. For my podcast listeners, Les has been slowly talking me in to buying a motorhome. Um, I'm actually in. I just got to get the wife to uh, 
to uh, to to sign off on it. But my thing is, I, I like those GMC ones. Remember the one from Stripes? That's the one I like. Yes, EM50. You I go. found you a couple. You haven't jumped. Listen, you know, she won't let me get a gun. I can't get a fucking motorhome. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying my damnedest to be a good American. To have a gun. Yep. Motorhome. I love the day when Bill Burke can drive down the street with his gun and his motorhome. <laughs> yeah, in LA. Waving your pistol out the window. I have your GMC. I'll find you one. And now's the time. I mean, there's bargains to be had right now. I'm actually looking for another bus. So. Oh, you are. Uh, my thing is, I like the one the uh, they call it the Palm Desert, whatever they call it, that green one, that lime green yeah. with the lime yep. green checkered interior. That's that's the one that I want. Um, so, anyway. well, you know, you have a link to the people. In fact, you're on your link to the people right now. You can put the word out to uh, somebody send one your way. Where the fuck am I going to put that thing? I live in Los Angeles. I just, right now, you just say, hey, oh, where are you going to park? Have you guys ever watched Breaking Bad? Your mobile home is a potential meth lab. Is that what you guys are doing? Is that what you guys are doing? Well, it's the pandemic. We need another. Um, we need another revenue stream. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. See what happens when Les yeah. shows up? We were talking world politics, and, and now... All the, all the tweaker talk starts as soon as I show up. That's pretty good. I what hear is it, it you about know, Northern California and meth and tweaking and murder mountains and all of that? What's wrong with you people up there, Les? You know, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's been in my family since the get-go, so I just kind of try and steer, steer clear. And uh, I don't use my motorhome for, uh, for that purpose. I don't have a motorhome. I have a bus. I have a prepost bus. I refuse to call it a motorhome. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to, you know. I know those You're are fighting words. trotting my horns. Yeah, those um, are fighting words. You know, there's pretty much meth everywhere. So I know. don't I blame me. I wasn't seriously trying to suggest that Eureka, where you live, right? You're up in Eureka? All the way up no, there? No, that's, that's quite a bit north of me. I'm in Padega Bay area. I'm joking. I tried to get a gig up in Eureka, and I forget what the hell happened. And then that Murder Mountain thing came out, um, and all my friends became gumshoes and were somehow solving all those uh, those fucking murders or whatever. Um, anyway, all right. Well, as we wrap this thing up, Les, I apologize that it took so long for you to get on. Um, uh, by the way, can I thank both of you guys for that incredible show that I saw at the uh, the LA Forum? There we go. It was amazing. It was Murderer's Row. It was Mount Rushmore of fucking bands, and you guys all had your own lane. This is how good that show was. I was 51 years old. I stood up through all of it and was not tired. That's how good that fucking show was. It's pretty good. Yeah, but you probably have roids, and so you couldn't sit down anyway, so you had to stand up, and you enjoyed it because it was good. But I think the fact you didn't sit down was probably your own internal physical problems. No, you know what it is? I have Botoxed feet. <laughs> I got all the wrinkles out of them, and I got the padding of the liquid on the bottom, and I was able, yeah, I was able to do that. I had those Dr. Scholl's with the Velcro strips. Um, hey, Les, what, uh, Al's stuff is coming out on Friday. What, what are you working on and any release date or anything like that? Well, I, I, I was supposed to do a, a gig two nights ago at the uh, Greek Theater in Berkeley, but it, it didn't happen. Um, 
uh, I was, I, I, you know, we had a big Primus tour plan. We were gonna, we we're gonna go out and do uh, Russia's uh, Farewell to Kings in its entirety, a tribute to Kings. Oh and, man. Uh, it's now That's looking like people are saying. Do you think even when they open up live live shows, are people even going to show up? I think they're going to be yeah. fucking packed. Yes, yes, they're going to be packed. And and the thing is, is that July is still weird. Uh, I I really think my my opinion is that everything will be open by July fourth because Trump wants a parade for himself to like show that he's the king of the COVID and that he's killed it and it's all beautiful and everything's great. Jared fixed it and, and this and that. And so I think July 4th, they're going to actually start letting people back out. I know we have some May 15th um, um, deadlines of like, okay, certain things can be open. It'll still be weird and all that. But I, I just think Trump has enough of an ego that he's going to open it up July 4th, just to have a parade in his honor. And if that happens, then my July 4th tour goes on because we were scheduled from July 4th to like mid August. And uh, that might be possible because if Trump has a parade, then we can have a couple thousand people at our place. But if it doesn't happen, which I'm actually kind of hoping it doesn't at this point, I'm not one of these militia people, Tea Party people that are like, you know, Second Amendment, free, free us from quarantine, this and that. Uh, it just makes sense. And so uh, we're fine. They, they rescheduled the whole thing for April in the event that it doesn't happen in July. But, yeah. But I, I just see Trump doing something like real Kim Jong-un of like, I need a parade for me for going through for this on July 4th. And if he does massive turnouts with rallies and shit, there's no reason why you can't see ministry. And, and literally, we'll hand out masks and gloves at the door before our shows. And you can come see us as opposed to a Trump rally where you can just go yell at Biden and Obama and and do whatever and spread your hey, Al, shit. If you, if you were in a position of power in life where you could say they're going to have a parade for me, wouldn't you do it? <laughs> uh, That's kind of hard to lay off. Let's have a parade for me. Yeah, but, but if you can get the parade approved by Congress and local, the pandemic. local officials the and all that. If it's postponed, the fact that you just had your parade in your name is good enough for me. You don't I hope it happens. to have the parade. I hope he has a fucking parade because then we would get back more towards uh, normal. And I hope less you get your uh, tour. I hope all you guys, I hope because if you guys get out there, that means I'm getting out there. So I'm rooting for the president to have his, his 4th of July. Aren't I awesome? Parade. I will I really? I just, I just want to go to the. I want to go to the Al Parade. That's that. That's what I'm looking forward to now. July <laughs> Fourth, baby. I'm gonna have my own parade. That's why I'm right. ready. Let's do it. All right. Well, listen, uh, Les. I gotta have you back on because you're only on for like eight minutes. So that's just not acceptable. All right. And you actually yeah, have a. Bed. I'm I not going you. anywhere. Hey. I know, right? Um, all right. Al Jergison, Les Claypool, everybody. They're, uh, look at, they're in their home studios making more music for everybody. God bless you Are you, you like guys. lying down in your bedroom there, Bill? Yeah, I just have bad posture. I could sit up, you know, I could look more <laughs> professional. But then what happens is my giant head makes this shadow. 
with the overhead light. I kind of pride myself on no production quality whatsoever. It's one of the charms of the podcast. Yes, podcast. Yes, sir. All right. Les, continued health, continued, uh, you know, I hope you get the fish and all of that shit. Wait, he's and, coming uh, back. I'm out of here. Later. No, he's going to huh? come back another day. Oh. oh, I thought he's coming back. <laughs> another day. Oh, another day. Yeah, he's coming back another day. We'll crash in on your call. Exactly. All my, right. kid's getting up soon. my kid's getting up soon. I got to go practice good times, bad times. All right, you guys. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you to everybody listening to, uh, to the Monday Morning Podcast. Um, I'm going to do a little ad read here. Al, Les, we'll see you guys. Thank you. All right, everybody. That is the podcast. That was a wild one, man. Um, I had a great time. Am I talking to anybody anymore? I don't even know. All right.